Episode 36 of The Paul George Show welcomes Randy Rouse. They need youth ministry to come alongside of them to affirm them as parents and for parents to have a place where they can bring their teenagers so their teenagers could have encounters with Christ. The Paul George Show! Welcome to The Paul George Show. This week, Randy Rouse, President and CEO of Life Team. The need for youth ministry today, what not to do with wild animals, and Paul's biggest public fail ever. And now, from Christ Our King Studios in Lafayette, Louisiana, the young at heart, Paul George. Welcome to the show. Great to be with you today. Paul George, right here in studio, staring at the new daddy. Hey. Adam Conk. You hey. guys just had a new baby. Yes, we had a new baby. Yeah. Numero sixo. Numero sixo. Joseph Francis Conk. Joseph Jose. Jose Francisco. Francisco Conk. Conk. See, that's my Spanish coming out, which is. You got all kind of Spanish in you. Yeah, I'm bi- trilingual. Yeah. <laughs> Quadrilingual, we figured out. We did figure out that I know a lot of languages. Great to be with you today, man. You too, uh, Paul. How to, are you? Good to have you back. You took some some time off, not from the show. I mean, you, you, but like from the day to day, haven't really seen right. you. You've right. been immersed in uh, a sabbatical. Yeah, well, new baby and five other babies to take care of. Paternity leave. Paternity leave, which is a real thing. It's not a fake thing. Is it a real thing? It's a real thing. I've never had it. I've never had it, but but maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day soon. Maybe one day. You never know. Paternity leave will be mine forever <laughs> and ever and ever. Anyway, great to be with you. Uh, we have a great show today. I'm excited about our guest today, Randy Rouse, Life Teen International President and yeah, CEO. It is We're going to talk about culture and ministry and all, all this stuff. So it'll be really good. But Adam, have you seen this? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? Yeah, dude, I am really for real. People are crazy. Yeah. Yeah, people are crazy. Okay, here's one thing, one suggestion I would make to you and the rest of the people who live on the earth. Okay. Okay. Don't mess with wild animals. That makes sense. Like, I don't understand why people do this. Okay, they'll go to this, like safari drive through thing and they'll roll down their windows. That exists? Yeah. And they'll start heckling lions uh, and then the uh. lion will attack the car. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't saw, know he would do that. Yeah. I saw last week a guy was like messing with an elephant. The elephant fell on him and killed him. What? Like just like why uh, mess with wild animals? So looking at this video uh, these people are messing with a wild sea lion off a dock. Okay. And this little girl uh, sits on the edge of the dock. The, the sea lion jumps up, grab, it's just like a nine-year-old girl, grabs her dress and yanks her off the dock into the water <laughs> and pulls her under. That's scary stuff. Dude, It it's freaky. Like, like how Was she quick... antagonizing the sea lion? Yeah, they kept like, you know, yeah, they kept kind like of- Throwing rocks at it? Over messing <laughs> with it. Not, like, not rocks, but like, I don't know, like almost like bullying the sea lion. You don't want to do that. It's a wild animal. I know it kind of looks like it's got a smiling, resting face. But look at the name. Sea Lion. Exactly. It gets the name somehow. Why do people... I do not understand. Like, uh, 
don't mess with a wild animal. I think a lot of times we think they're like domestic and they're all nice and they're pets. No, they're, they're wild and they don't intend to be anything else. So it yanks her in. So then, you know, the guy jumps in after her. she ended up being fine, which is why I'm sharing this story. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I just, I just don't know why, why people do that. It's like they, they think they have this courage, mm-hmm. you know, to like mess with the wild animal. But guess what? The animal always wins. Do you think it's usually. the zoo's fault that a generation of people have grown up where their main experience of animals is behind a glass where they could do whatever they want to the animal and look how cute and like they have no idea that there's a difference between wild and domestic animals? Yeah, I think this relates a lot to life. Like in the real world, is like I think a lot of people experience the world through a lens of the internet and TV. And when they get into the real world, they can't relate mm-hmm. uh, or something happens. You know, it's everything's sort of virtual and not real. Uh, and I think, you know, it's like, oh, I have courage around this wild animal. The wild animal just like attacked me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think that, that oftentimes people are connecting, you know, like you said, the reality of of things, you know. Mm-hmm. So a guy wants to have courage, like, and this is what I want to talk about today a little bit is, is, is certainly we want to have courage, but in the right way, in the right direction, right? And a lot of times we can spin our wheels, um, you know, messing with, with things that really we shouldn't. And, and it's, God wants us to have courage for the right things. And I think God calls us to step out in our faith and life and courage to do things in the world um, even when it's it's not super safe or good, but in, in a spiritual way, not so much like, you know, the courage to mess with a wild sea lion. <laughs> well, you know, David did, uh, King David did wrestle down bears and stuff, but I will say this, he did so with like a respect for God's wildness. And I think we kind of domesticate, like you said, uh, in our world today, we we don't live in reality a lot of times. There's this virtual reality where I live in, and I think that's true of God as well. God has a virtual reality that people treat God a certain way on the internet and in conversation, and it's like playing with a wild animal. Like, what are you talking about? God is so much bigger than what you think, or, or you know, when you when you say, that, say those things about God, like, he is so much more than that, and the real God is very wild and untamed. Yeah, I agree with that 100%, and, and here's here's what I'm getting at. And we're all created to live an adventure. Like we all want to live this life that that's full and adventurous. Like we don't want to be bored. And we, and we look at life and, and we, we look at what we're doing. And oftentimes maybe we're bored or dissatisfied. But we're all created to live an adventure. There's nothing more dangerous and more adventurous than following God. Mm. And oftentimes I think that we experiment with things other than God uh, and, and try to be dangerous in other ways because we're, we're, we're empty inside. We're, we're trying to be, we're trying to do all these things to find adventure and meaning and, and it's this courage that we're using, but it's getting us nowhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and there, I think there's nothing more dangerous and courageous than giving your life to God and saying, God, uh, I'm going to pray the most dangerous prayer I've ever prayed in my life. I surrender. And there's probably nothing more boring than following a domesticated God, a God who's your tame. buddy, your pal, who's tame, who's not going to challenge you or surprise you. Well, I think that's what we, I think that's what we see. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we see a lot in our culture, and I think a lot of times, even with men, you know, you and I talk about, is that men uh, who fully get the faith, they're 100 percent engaged because they understand that there's, 
there's an adventure there that that it is a battle to fight and a lot of times men who aren't involved in the faith their perception of god their perception of religion quote unquote or faith is that it's it's boring it's tame uh, there's nothing for me and so therefore i'm going to go on my own adventure and do all these other things mm-hmm. and i'm going to seek happiness and fulfillment uh in you know whatever mm-hmm. whatever it is yeah, and I, I guess the message that's often given to people about God is he's basically a self-help guru. Like, if you follow God, you're going to be so happy and healthy and whatever else. Um, but I'm, I'm reminded as you're talking of, of Jacob, Israel, yep. right? Like, he gets his name because he wrestled with God, and yep. God, like, wounded him. Um, but that's the God of the Bible, and that's the God that I think actually attracts our, our masculine heart. Yeah, and, and I think that's important because... When we come to God and we pray and and we think about God and interact with God, whatever that is for you, we we got to do it authentically. So so if you're if you need to wrestle with God on some <laughs> issues, God God will go into the ring with you. Like he he doesn't want to say get it all together, clean up your life, and then like let's talk about it. Like God enters into our world and enter our heart, enter our mind, and he wants to fight it out with us, right? Now, he's going to win. <laughs> now, you may think that you won, and but but God's going to surrender. Eventually, we tap out, and we say, God, I, I surrender. I give you control over my life. And that's the beginning, I think, of the greatest adventure that you'll ever live. And, you know, our guest will talk about it today because I'm asking him some questions. But, but for me, and I think for you, you can admit that... Um, you, the greatest adventure for your life, my life began when we we actually wrestled with God and, and he won. Well, and let him be God. Let him be wild and untamed and do whatever he wants. And sometimes it hurts. Yeah, no one no one ever said it would be easy. Life's not easy uh, with or without God. But with God, God lives the adventure with us. He, he, he travels where it's difficult and uneasy and... Uh, it, it, things don't always go well. God enters into our world and and walks with us and journeys with us on the adventure. And I think a lot of times it's like, oh, you know, if I get into into my faith, God fixes everything and everything's great and groovy. And I think that's the biggest myth is that life doesn't stop happening, but God gives us purpose and meaning in our life, and then He walks with us through the good, the bad, and the ugly of our life, so that we can have. Um, true fulfillment and freedom. Beautiful. I want some of that true fulfillment and freedom. Yeah. So no attacking wild. Respect animals, the wild right? animals, unless they're attacking your family. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is this idea for adventure. Like when we begin to steer that towards a relationship with God, there's no telling what God will do in our life and and what adventure He will take us on. So anyway, super excited about today's show. Stay tuned. It's the Paul George Show. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity Healthcare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. 
www.ohio.org. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, in studio. Really, really excited about our guest today, Randy Rouse from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, President and CEO of Life Teen. Randy, how's it going today, man? Great, Paul. Great to hear your voice, and uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. I know you're busy with summer coming up, and Life Teen's got so many things with conferences and summer camps which I can't wait to get into and and uh, hear more about. Of course, I can't pretend that you and I go way back and have been friends for years. Uh, but I really want to ask you a question because uh, I think people who are listening would really love to know, how in the world uh, did you get involved in youth ministry years ago? Well, I think it all started, um, you know, when I was in high school. Um, I was not Catholic, and... I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio, that uh, had a lot of Catholics, huh. but uh, people seemed to, there was really nobody around me that was really into their faith right. um, that much. You know, they talked about maybe that they went to Mass, but it wasn't, nobody really ever approached me about Jesus or telling me how important that would be for my life. Um, so my family didn't go to church very often, and maybe just Christmas and Easter type of thing. Um, and so... Uh, as I went to college, I came to the South for college and went to a place where there was only a 2% Catholic population. And I learned pretty early that God doesn't pay attention to percentages because mm. I started dating a girl. She's Catholic. She wasn't just a nominal, she wasn't just a nominal uh, Catholic, you know, just or somebody that was lukewarm going through their motions of the faith. She was on fire. So after about a month of going out, she invited me to Mass. We go to mass, and I, you know, I went for every wrong reason, probably to make brownie points and all that. Right. And after mass, we go out to lunch, and the next thing I know, she's quizzing me about mass. I mean, she quizzed me about the first reading. <laughs> she even quizzed me about she even quizzed me about the responsorial psalm. Now, that's pretty hardcore when you <laughs> quiz somebody about the responsorial psalm, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't, and I couldn't remember anything. Like I'd just gone there thinking I was like on another date or something, right. and, and um. Then after she quizzed me and I couldn't answer any of the questions, she just looked at me and she said, hey, how would you like to go again next week and try? Oh, and, um, yes. I don't know. For all those girls that are out there, I tell you, that guys like to be challenged, especially by a holy woman yep. that really wants to challenge them to take their faith serious. And so that's what I did. And I eventually um, started, I just kept going to Mass every Sunday and p- paying attention. And, and wow, I was, you know, alive in the Word of God and when I found out about the Eucharist, that was like a game changer for me, mm. and I decided to become Catholic. I was in an RCIA class, and the priest pulled me aside, and he said, Hey, Randy, you're a little different than the rest of the guys here, because everybody else is becoming Catholic so they can marry a Catholic, but you, um, that's not the case for you, so I expect more from you. I expect you to do something in the church. We don't need more mediocre Catholics. We need on-fire people, so I expect you to get involved in some way in the parish. Wow. And I thought back to my high school time, and I said, hey, youth ministry, if somebody would have reached out to me as a teenager, it could have made a big difference. And, and that's what got me started volunteering to do youth ministry in the parish. And wow. Never knew it would lead where it is today, but that's uh, kind of the, the journey to youth ministry for me. That's crazy. I'm talking to Randy Rouse, president and CEO of Life Teen, at LT underscore Randy Rouse on Twitter. 
Um, so you were a volunteer at the church, but you were working in the business world. You graduated college and, and you, you know, got a job in the business world. You started volunteering at your parish, um, with youth ministry. And then, and then where did it go from there? Well, um, I, you know, I, I actually wasn't a very good volunteer. I mean, I loved hanging out with the teenagers, but I always volunteered with the attitude that I could do a better job than the youth minister, right. which is probably not the volunteer you want to have at your parish. But I think God called me on it. And so a few years in, we had just sold a company um, that we were partners in, and we had money in the bank. And the pastor called me and said, hey, I want you to be the, the youth minister. It's a, it's a part-time job. And I said, no, it's not a part-time job. It's a full-time job with part-time pay. I think we started at like eleven thousand dollars a year or something like that. But <laughs> right. we had some money and we had some money in the bank and my wife and I really felt called to get youth ministry going even at a deeper level at the parish and so came the full time youth minister and just said, you know, Lord, you'll provide every step of the way if uh, we say yes and we didn't know if it was long term or not, but here I am many years later, still involved in youth ministry somehow and you know, it's it's awesome. I really enjoy it. Get up every morning pretty excited to lead teens closer to Christ. Okay, give me a timeline. How many years ago was that? Uh, Roughly, became the became the youth minister back in uh, nineteen the end of nineteen ninety. Okay, yeah. So that was when I started in full time, you know, more in full time ministry. So yeah, it's been, been a while now. Yeah. So you've you've been in ministry in the church for thirty years. Um, yes, that that's crazy. And you're a convert. Um, and and God's just use you. I, I love what you said. Is uh, you know you were a volunteer and you thought that you could do it better. I don't know if that's always a bad thing. Like I, I think God does sort of uh, oftentimes like there, if you're thinking out there like, hey, I can do something better, then then do it. You know, or pray God use me to do it better. You know, and I think he like you said he he called you out and said, okay, you think you can do this better? <laughs> Here you go, man. Like jump in and and you were willing to take the leap and trust that God was going to take care of you. Yeah. What I love about working with teenagers is they, they will tell you by their body language or rolling their eyes or basically just blurt it out if you're doing well or not. Yeah. And they'll tell you both, both ways. And that's what I love about working with young people. And, you know, I think young people have been going to church and Catholic church in a lot of places where there really isn't a appreciation for them or, or a feeling like they're part of it, you know? And so I just have a desire to help teens not roll their eyes and help them be alive in their faith. Cause I think what's the t- statistic now that if uh, a young person isn't involved in their parish in some form, like youth ministry or something before they graduate high school, there's less than a 10% chance they're going to remain a, a Catholic hmm. in the rest of their life. And so like we have an urgency about this. We we really need to. We're advocating a lot for youth ministry because it's key right now uh, for helping these teens to become saints, to be holy, and to live full lives that are that are, you know, full of joy and not to fill it with all the other things that are out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that was going to lead me into my next question. You kind of answered, but I want to get a little bit more into the dialogue because you travel all over the world and the country and as do I. And, and actually I get questions all the time from people is why is youth ministry even important? You know, like, why are you doing this? Or, um, and I want to ask you that question because you've been in it for so long and, and you're leading an organization that's committed to that idea and that mission of reaching teens. Why is youth ministry important today? Yeah. Let me just qualify it. I, you know, for us, we would say that the primary youth minister is the parent. 
but um, you know we've we've kind of have a situation in the church where a lot of parents, um, unless they've gone to like a really great Catholic high school, or they they don't even have a good grasp on the on the faith, you know. Yeah, and yeah. so they they need youth ministry to come alongside of them to to affirm them as parents and for them uh, for parents to have a place where they can bring their teenagers so their teenagers could have encounters with Christ. Right and be focused in and learn the faith and to live the faith. And uh, so uh, we see it as really, is really vital to, to helping parents today. It's really hard to navigate the waters of being a parent uh, with, you know, different things in culture, like recently this Netflix series, uh, 13 Reasons Why, that features a junior in high school by the name of Hannah, who sends 13 cassette tapes out to different friends telling them why uh, they took part, they are taking part in her suicide mm. and one of the reasons that she did it. You know, we, we try to go right to that heart of that culture and help parents to navigate that. We've put out a blog online that people at lifeteen.com where people can, can decipher that as a parent, as a teenager, whether they should watch that show or not and what they're getting into and how realistically or unrealistically it's portraying things. And th- there's this, this culture war out there that we're living as parents and teenagers are, are navigating through. And they really need people to help them decipher how the church is still relevant, how the message of the gospel is there, and how no matter what storm they're going to face, if they turn to the Eucharist, if they turn to our church uh, where they can receive the sacraments, uh, that's where we want to send them to, to deal with all the storms that they'll face in life, uh, as well as a place to go to celebrate and rejoice of the, the joys of life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to Randy Rouse, present CEO, LifeTeen, LifeTeen.com. Uh, you're right. Like when I started out as a young youth minister over, you know, 27 years ago, I realized real fast, Randy, that uh, you can't do good youth ministry uh, with without uh, looking through the lens, lenses of the parents and being able to reach both. Uh, to be able to bring the family together. And of course, we live in a culture where family's broken. There's a lot of issues out there um, where youth ministry fills the gaps and it's needed uh, for both parents and for young people. Because like you said, the statistic, someone doesn't get involved in their parish in some way, shape, or form. Uh, they're less, less likely to stay involved in their faith once they graduate high school. Yeah, people make, I think a lot of parishes make a bet, or they, they make a risk, they take a risk that if they don't do anything for youth at a younger age, that they're going to come back and get their kids baptized and get married there and, you know, and then experience, and, you know, at a later age. And, and the statistic today is just not bearing, that's not the truth. It's, it's a wrong risk to take. We mm-hmm. need to invest in the youth today. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I want to encourage people, listeners, parishes, to to not give up on our young people today. But I, I want to get more involved in this conversation, Randy, with the work that you guys are doing around the world with Life Teen. Uh, I'm excited about it. So when we come back uh, in just a moment with Randy Rouse, the Paul George Show.
Welcome back to the show, Paul George. Great to be with you today talking to Randy Rouse, Atlanta, Georgia, lifeteen.com, president and CEO of Lifeteen. Uh, Randy, uh, give us a glimpse of, of Lifeteen's mission and, and what you guys are doing. Yeah. Life Teen is, um, our mission statement is to lead teens closer to Christ. So as president and CEO of that organization, I, I really have the opportunity every day to just decipher, is this initiative or whatever we're doing, is this going to help fulfill that mission of leading a young person closer to Christ? Life Teen has three main pillars that, okay. we, that we work towards. One is reaching teens, which directly we, we host uh, week-long summer camps uh, throughout the country and actually throughout the world now, even in, uh, you know, throughout the world, summer camps for teenagers. We partner with Franciscan University of Steubenville on six of their summer youth conferences. We run out six flag parks around the country and do inspiration days where it's half a day on the roller coasters, the other half uh, with mass and a time of adoration with young people, Eucharistic adoration with young people. Mm -hmm. Um, We, we partner with World Youth Day. We just did a a large event with the Knights of Columbus in, uh, in Krakow for uh, a Night of Mercy, Bishop Robert Barron and Matt Marr and Audrey Assad and Joel Stepanek from our staff uh, led 18,000 young people in, uh, wow. uh, in X, a Life Teen XLT. So we do we reach teens as one of the pillars directly. Uh, and then secondly, we're about restoring parishes. So mm. what we're trying to do, we believe that if a parish has dynamic youth ministry, it actually revitalizes the entire parish. And we've seen that time and time again. Currently, Life Teen right now is generating over 30% of the U.S. seminarians Whoa. that are in, uh, the, in the seminary, which is pretty remarkable because Life Teen's only in about 10% of the U.S. parishes. So those 10% are generating 30% of the seminarians. So we know when we focus and restore a parish and get vibrant youth ministry, then it it generates a lot of life, vocations, holy marriages, families are um, coming together in the faith. We see a lot of teens bringing their parents back to the Catholic Church. Uh, Maybe they'd fallen away. And then the third pillar is a really bold one, is reclaiming culture. Hmm. And we really feel like, um, you know, we see what culture throws at us, but boy, if we really lived our Catholic faith and the, what we have to offer to the culture is something amazing. And so we don't want to just stand on the sidelines and help a teenager just, you know, hope, help them through it. We want to dive into that culture and maybe have a positive influence on it and impact that culture. So we have our website. We've got videos on YouTube. Um, I think over a half a million people visit our website every day to read the blogs and to, uh, and, you know, work, work through this culture. And, and we, and we post, uh, you know, the church's teachings on really difficult topics, and uh, it's exciting to hear people's responses. Um, things like we launched a, an app for people addicted to pornography called Victory, mm. and uh, right now we're 50,000 people use that app uh, to try and conquer uh, this, you know, this this disease actually that we have of pornography in the country, wow. and young people are affected so much. So we try to you know reclaim culture, restore parishes and reach teens directly. That's the three main ways. Man, I love that. And and you can find all this information on their website, lifeteen.com, uh, and catholicyouthministry.com. All your resources are there, your mission vision, and, and all these blogs. Like you said, half a million people a day, which is, uh, 
it's about uh, 499,000 more people that visit my website every day. (laughs) But uh, um, so so when you talk about uh, renewing parishes, how many parishes uh, implement life teen youth ministry in their parish around the world? Like, like, what are you talking about there? Yeah, we're in 1,900 parishes in 31 different countries. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, and what does that mean? Does someone have a youth minister? Do they have a volunteer group? Do, do you guys train them to help them to do youth ministry in their parish so it can be vibrant and, and sort of renew this parish? Yeah, absolutely. We we have a lot of training online as well as we, we host big training conferences around the world to train youth ministers. Uh, just two months ago, I was in Barcelona, Spain with like 250 uh, youth leaders there. Life Team's growing pretty rapidly in Spain now. I think there's like 60 parishes implementing Life Team there, um, and it's having a, a big impact on the on the culture there. Um, we're we're really um, yeah we're re- dedicated to walking with youth leaders. We're not just like a, a package of resources they receive. They do get a package of resources, but we're walking with them, training them, helping them to be more effective with young people. All the events that we host, like camps and conferences, those are all for parishes to sign up for, not teens individually. And what happens is along that journey with those youth leaders that come with those teens to those events, we're training them, we're showing them a model of how they could do dynamic youth ministry. So, yeah, it's having a big effect on on parishes that uh, we train, get up to speed, and we provide them with just some really great relevant resources that come out every four months. So it's got current events and ways that the church is relevant to them today, not just some book that's been there for three or four years that we're hoping to adapt. But it's got real resources along with a bunch of graphics and things for social media posts so that they can communicate with teenagers where they're at today. So we try to, to keep it cutting edge for youth ministers, uh, whether they're a volunteer or uh, a full-time person or whether they've been just starting or they've been in it for a long time, we try to help everyone along on this journey uh, to lead teens closer to Christ. Yeah, and you really do. Uh, and when you look at your website and you kind of uh, span across the globe and the different parishes or dioceses that you guys are in, um, someone who's a volunteer youth minister or if a parish has a full-time or part-time youth minister um, can take advantage of the resources and the training that you guys offer to help them to reach the teens in their parish. So you guys aren't just like this, this sort of one model where it has to be a certain way. You guys really help help adapt this to uh, different scenarios so so you can help different types of parishes and dioceses, right? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that really exploded over the last 10 years has been the middle school ministry. Um, what we found, we call it, we, we started something called EDGE for middle schoolers, and it's in it's in about 1,500 parishes, and uh, we saw this age compression for young people. Say what a ninth or 10th grader or 10th or 11th grader five years ago was going through is now what a 5th or 6th grader is experiencing as far as societal influences, exposure to pornography, drinking, alcohol, drugs, and um, you know a lot of pressures in their life. And so we've adapted the model of life team for middle schoolers and uh, it's having a big impact. We even do summer camps for edge middle school kids. And um, we're really seeing them with a great capacity to go deep in prayer, even at a younger age, 
but they definitely need people to walk alongside of them. So that's been one of the areas we've really seen grow in the last 10 years. Yeah, as you, have you stated, uh, just as an expert being in youth ministry, the sort of period of latency uh, has shortened in a sense of what kids are exposed to from the culture that are a little bit er- more earlier on in this growth of the EDGE program. Uh, what do you contribute that to? Is it is it the advent of the internet and social media? Do the kids have access to information earlier on and quicker in their life? Is is this what's going on or what? Yeah, well, you know, as a parent of a bunch of children, uh, th- there's a pressure. Uh, I think you know they're walking around with supercomputers in their pockets. These uh, you know these devices, these mobile devices, their cell phones. They're really not. They don't really use them as a phone. They use them as a a means of connecting to the internet and texting and sharing social media. And so they, they are just a click away on their screen from something that isn't good for them. Mm. And it's, it's a big temptation. And, and, and it's unfortunate there's even schools uh, that, you know, require them to have some type of device so that they're on email and they're able to, to communicate with teachers and get um, notes and things like that. And it's at a younger and younger age. And so we're seeing that is, is happening. Uh, plus, you know, can just societally, you look at our culture, uh, what's acceptable to even be on a news program today is way different than it was, say, 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, the language, the, uh, you know, sifting through all the information, entertainment and news kind of have blended. Uh, yeah. So entertainment, entertainment tonight, along with the Walter Cronkite news, they've, blended now into what we see as news. So young people, they're, they're exposed to a bunch of things at an early age. They see everything on the internet and they have these supercomputers in their pockets. So I think that's, that's a big uh, tendency for it to, for, to what we've experienced and why we really started the edge so that we could help them navigate the waters of everything they're seeing and experiencing. Yeah. And, th- and this kind of loops back to what you were saying earlier, how you help to resource families and parents as well within, within helping to deal with what their kids are dealing with. And so your website, you have resources for kids and blogs, and, and, but also for parents to read and update them uh, because the reality is we, we, we not only need our, our parents parenting – uh, and our kids knowing the truth, uh, we need our parishes doing good youth ministry. We're we're all in this together to help form our young people right and move them forward so that they can live the life that Christ created them to live. I want everyone to visit lifeteen.com. You can get all these resources. You can follow Randy at lt underscore Randy Rouse. Uh, he's constantly sending out information and cool things about teens and church, and it, it's great actually all the camps that you guys are doing this summer. Randy, I can't thank you enough for saying yes over 30 years ago uh, to the Lord and, and jumping into youth ministry and, and staying in it for this long, man. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you, Paul. Thanks thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, and I'll see you this summer at one of these conferences. We'll catch up. Okay. All right. God bless. All right. You too, bro. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity Healthcare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? 
Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul George. Great to be with you. Adam Conk's been quiet over there. Great conversation with Randy Rouse, the life team. Booyah. Well, this was great. He, it was really cool to hear him share his experience and also his thoughts on youth ministry. Man, that's a pretty awesome chance from the president of Life Team, my goodness. Yeah, president CEO. You can find him at lifeteam.com. Uh, yeah, just hearing his conversion and then how God, you know, you know, took his courageous act of getting involved in youth ministry and where he is today doing uh, youth ministry all around the world and the need in our culture for the gospel to be preached to not only our young church, but to parents as well. So, yeah, 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 great conversation. So you've been quiet over there, man. Yeah, well, I've learned a lot. Yeah, so what did you learn on the show today? I learned that you respect wild animals, and I think that's beautiful. Touche, dude. <laughs> uh, how about it's just wise. It's wise. So you respect wisdom? <laughs> yeah, like like I'm an outdoorsman, man, and I, I enjoy some hunting, but I respect wild animals, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, particularly if it has the name lion in it. <laughs> Amen. What did you learn? So I learned... Um, I learned that uh, I was reminded today, one, that, that God really wants to steer our courage in the right direction and calls us all, every one of us, to do something. Um, and that first starts with, with just simply um, wrestling out with him and tapping out. Oh, and Boom. I learned, um, I think I was re-reminded today on just how important our young people are. Really, honestly. I think oftentimes I can, I can even forget and yeah, I was reminded just to to re-engage with the reality that our young people need it, need the gospel. So, yeah. So, how about those six pack of questions? Question. Question, bro. Question number one. So you've kind of hinted at it, or he hinted at it, or something. But you have had an involvement with Life Team. Yeah. That is multi-chaptered. Can you share with us a reader di- Reader's Digest version of your involvement with Life Team? Yeah, so I got involved, you know, in youth ministry uh, over 20 years ago. When I got involved in, in doing ministry, I mean, obviously when you're young, you know, what they do is they just take you and throw you in with the youth because no one else is doing it. And then, of course, you can't, you know, do anything with adults because you're too young, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, do youth ministry. And I, I certainly enjoyed working and mentoring young people. But here's what I found. I found that um, the hardest thing to do was actually plan material and uh, all the catechesis and the, and the religious classes and, and stuff was really hard to do. At the same time, uh, mentor and hang out and build relationships with kids and parents. And so I ran into this organization called Life Team, which was a lot smaller than it was, was now which was providing resources for youth ministers uh, so that they could do better catechesis youth ministry. So I connected with them years and years ago uh, through resources and then ended up over time kind of wor- working for 
uh, Life Team National as a regional director in Atlanta, and and that's where I got to know Randy, and we've kept in touch over the years, and they're doing great work, and I love what they, they do because they really are legitimately trying to authentically preach the gospel to the church and to young people. Beautiful. All right, so over that time of youth ministry involvement, Life Teen, you've spoken at countless conferences with young people, right. teens, and most of the time it's gone pretty well. Yeah. You've done a great job. But what was your biggest fail speaking at a conference or at a large gathering of youth? Is this question number two? Yeah. My biggest fail, um, well, I can't repeat it because I accidentally... <laughs> All right, second biggest. Um, <laughs> or could you describe it in a way that's well, I'll, I'll do sh- two short versions. One, I accidentally said a curse word during one of my talks. <laughs> in reference to a donkey in Scripture, I use the actual word for donkey. And the way it came out, people didn't understand so it just really came out wrong, and everybody laughed. So you're like the bad boy of Catholic youth ministry. Yeah, and I, I was embarrassed, but it really, <laughs> it was just—I thought it was worse than what it was. Uh, the second one was at a college conference. I got—I got dared to do a toe touch, and I did a toe touch, and it split my pants <laughs> in the back. And I'm not talking about like a little tear, like was to it the being filmed. Yeah, to the point. Yeah, it's it's on there somewhere. <laughs> to the point where I had to get someone's sweatshirt and tie it around my waist oh my so I can gosh. leave the building. <laughs> yeah. It's out there on the internet somewhere? Yeah, it's somewhere. Oh Somebody's my, Facebook page oh somewhere. Gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. But when you do this for so many years, things like that happen. And that's just a couple of short stories. I could probably go all day. <laughs> all right, question number three. Uh, Randy mentioned that parents are the first youth ministers, which is an interesting idea. Um, so on average, are Catholic parents equipped for this task? When the granny's right, and the church teaches that the, the first cate- catechesis happens in the home, and the main catechizer, and the word, the word um, catechesis comes from uh, the root word to echo, to echo down the faith, to pass down the faith, okay? So to connect that, the first echoers of the faith are parents. That's their main... You know, one of the main jobs is is to bring up your kids in the faith. So a lot of times, we have to, as parents, I speak for myself as well, is almost oftentimes stop using the word parent and actually say that my main job is to disciple, to echo the faith to my kids. And if I do that, the whole parenting thing comes into play, right? Uh, but a lot of times, we just want to parent outside of the faith, or even not parent at all. I mean, I run into a lot of parents who, by the time their kids are teenagers and reach high school, they they just stop parenting, you know? And not only do they stop parenting, they stop echoing down the faith. So the reality is, is that for us as parents, our greatest call as a parent is to echo down the faith. And when that's happening and good youth ministry is happening and the, the church is working together, we, 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 we move young people into... Uh, adults who are living their faith long-term. Cool. I like those ideas. Yeah. You got a lot of good ideas, Paul. Good ideas. <laughs> Question number four. So you mentioned as one of the three pillars of life, teen, obviously reaching teens directly. And some of the things he mentioned as successful are camps and conferences, which are very successful. I mean, tens of thousands, if not more, teens are reached directly this way. Why is it successful for teens to have like this one-time event of let's say a conference or a camp, it seems to 
change their whole life. Why can one event change a teen's life like that? I think one event can change all of our lives when we encounter God. So you could just say, you know, uh, I'm going to go on a silent retreat or I'm going to go on a men's retreat or a women's retreat. And you, you have an encounter with the living God, you know, whether it be through mass or scripture or prayer. Uh, we, can, we, we're, we all need that encounter in our life. That encounter sparks something that, that unites and, and invites us into this relationship with Christ. And then it ramps us up into hopefully a lifelong commitment to Christ and the church, right? So these camps and conferences for young people, they're the same thing. They're, they're, they're retreats for, for young people. And maybe they're done with more lively or music, more engaged uh, games, or because that's where they're at. That, that's the culture they live in. And so um, as they get older, they'll do different things. But, but the whole point is so that they can encounter the living God who loves them and cares for them. Cool. All right, question number five. The second pillar was parish renewal. So you visited a ton of parishes. You've worked at parishes. What What's your thoughts on the need for parish renewal in the church today? My thought is yes, and I do agree with Randy. I have run into parishes where where there's a vibrant life, uh, youth ministry or a life team program that it does sort of ignite the parish from the ground up. But here's what I would say. A lot of those parishes are willing to invest in uh, having things that actually will renew their their parish, not just youth ministry. And so the reality is a lot of parishes are struggling, and you and I have talked, is, is parishes are trying to to, to um, get people back in the pews. Yeah. And renewing parishes and parish life is huge, and it's important. And I, I see a movement happening in the church that's good. And, uh, you know, I'm a part of some of those things and, and speaking and training and whatnot. But if our parishes don't get on board and start don't start reaching people, we're, it will be we'll see negative results down the road. But as Randy mentioned, there's hope. There's a lot of hope. Yeah. Hope is good. All right. Question number six. What's your top do and top don't when it comes to youth ministry? So let's say somebody's out there and they're so inspired right now. I mean, they're just oozing with inspiration I want to get more involved with my parish, and maybe there's not a youth ministry program, maybe there's nothing. What would be your top do and your top don't for these people? Okay, my top do, hands down, would be that all youth ministry should be incorporate relational ministry. Like, we should be mentoring uh, young people, being in a relationship with them, and and walking uh, alongside them. And the best way to catechize and echo down is to be in relationship with someone. It's not just through a textbook, Okay. Um, that the information has to be lived. It can't just be taught in the mind. It has to connect not only to the heart, but into the everyday way of living, okay? Th- that's the most successful youth ministry I've seen. Uh, two, uh, the the main don't is don't try to be who you're not with young people. Like, if you're middle-aged or you're older, or you're, like, don't try to be cool, just be who you are. Because here's the thing about young people is that they appreciate auth- authenticity, so they don't want you to try to be cool. If you already automatically are, just be that. But just be who you are, and they'll enjoy that, and they'll appreciate that. Wow, good stuff. Yeah, so there's your six-pack of questions. So great show today, man. Thanks so much for coming in, even on your paternity leave. <laughs> good luck and praying for the family. Um, check out the show. Uh, you can share it on iTunes and Facebook. Uh, you can find it at paulgeorge.la. Uh, share the podcast as we upload it. Um, and thanks for all our li- listeners and Acadiana and Oklahoma and all over. It's the Paul George Show. We will 
be back next week. God bless.